0: Hello and welcome to Owning It, the podcast that celebrates the inspiring choices made by women who refuse to simply follow the crowd and chose the road less traveled. I'm your host, Sandhya Tukaram, and in each episode, we'll have real conversations with these incredible women who choose to carve their own path because following just isn't an option. They may not be making headlines, but every one of them is a role model, so join me and let's explore the power of choice and the inspiration it brings right here on Owning It. My guest today is Svikriti, co-founder Now Boarding Cafe. Swikriti and I met as colleagues and I was immediately struck by her quiet confidence and clear thinking. My admiration for her grew as she chose to follow her passion, quit her job, and set up a board games cafe. In our conversation, she talks about the learning, the challenge and the joy of owning it. Hi, Srikriti. I'm so excited to chat with you. The theme for our conversation today is really what it means to follow one's passion, right? I've always felt passion is an overrated word because you go to interviews, people say I'm passionate about something and it's the most inane job. But in your instance, I've actually seen what it means to follow your passion. So I'd love for us to talk about that. And uh, where I'd like to start, Sveekriti, is before we get to what your passion was, perhaps a little bit of your journey and your career, before you decided to be an entrepreneur?
1: Yeah, hi Sandhya, it's uh, it's absolutely fantastic to be here. I think I, it's a new journey as well. So I'm really excited to share my journey and uh, hopefully people will take away something from it. If not, at least it will be an entertaining watch or listen for that. Right? Um, so I started off my career per se with Teach for India. Um, I was a teaching fellow in a government school for fifth and sixth graders. It was a classroom full of 50 kids. I was there, I was teaching them everything that I could possibly think of, right? I was assigned to teach English and math. But in a classroom, I, do, I never thought that, you know, learning stops at borders in a textbook. I learned so much about their lives. It was a learning journey for me as well. Those two years, I have learned what life meant for these kids, what life actually looks like outside my own bubble. I lived with people that I always knew from from, I don't know, time immemorable. Um, there was a certain style of living that we had and that was the only life I knew. So for me to go into this uh, zone, into this arena was completely new and they taught me so much about life. So yeah, that's how I started off. I loved the education space. I just loved the amount of joy the classroom had, right? Um, we did really fun things. We danced when we felt like we said, okay, we're not going to learn today. We're going to shut off our books. We just play some music and we dance. So that was my classroom. It was an absolute place of fun. Um, and through that, I actually, I actually also like, um, figured out how to teach using games. Right? We would play um, hopscotch to be able to do addition. Um, then we did like a fest to be able to learn profit and loss. So kids had like this. you were my teacher, but yeah. <laughs> I wish I was my teacher also. <laughs> yeah, so kids actually made like uh, Pani Puri. They figured what are the ingredients that go into making Pani Puri. They figured how much it would cost. And then they came up with their own model of how much they should charge to be able to make a profit and things like that. So yeah, it was very fun. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. Like if we would all learn like this, that'd be awesome. So how can I bring more game elements into the classroom? And I continuously experimented with that. Um, that was my journey with Teach for India. I stayed there for another two years. I was a program manager as well. So I had about 15 fellows working with me. Um, and I was taking care of all of their classrooms, how the fellows themselves became better or became the version of themselves that they envisioned for. Right. That was my other two years. And then I did a bunch of different consulting roles because. I learn best by doing. Um, I've never been like, oh, I'll sit in a classroom, I will learn. So I'm like, okay, I need to expand my horizon. I really like the edge sector, let me see what else is there. So I picked up um, everything that I could find, all the consulting gigs. And that led me to GAME, which is where I met you obviously. Um, and that was a beautiful journey as well, just to be able to like work through layers to understand what it means to push people um, without having any actual say in you know, what they do. That was great. Um, and during all of this is when Now Boarding actually started. During the pandemic. I want you
0: to hold that thought. Yeah. Uh, uh, before we get to Now Boarding, oh. I feel like you left an important part from what I know. You also happened to meet a partner who had uh, your, in your personal journey, because I do think that is an aspect. Uh, and not to pry into your personal life but you did have a fellow game lover and by game lover I don't mean our organization but you know (laughs) the games and quizzes yeah I'd like you to add just
1: that little bit of flavor and then we'll talk about. uh, So I met Avikant during Teach for India he was uh, a year junior to me in the Teach for India scenario he was teaching the classroom next to mine um, we initially, our teaching styles were very, very different. So we're like, hey, this, this is not working for you. This is not working for me. We will not come into each other's classrooms. But as we spoke a little bit more, we understood um, that, you know, we wanted the same things. We wanted children to have fun. We wanted them to learn through that. Um, and a lot of the board game aspects that I got into my classroom were thanks to him, right? He played board games a lot more than I did. So he had more exposure to it. So uh, through conversations, he's like, hey, you could do that. You could do that. Um, so I was like, yeah, great. Um, that's that's how we pretty much met. That's how it started. And then, um, yeah, we kind of knew that we wanted to be together as well. So personally, as well, he became my partner, not only in the classroom or the school setting as well um we played a lot of board games during the pandemic so yes he is a board game lover in all sense okay so two
0: board game lovers come together professionally and then personally and then you uh, you talked to us about uh, the time you were at game and then let's get to the point where you decided to explore an entrepreneurial journey and tell us about that
1: so dad is an entrepreneur um, at age five, I think if somebody asked me what you wanted to do, I would say, I will have my own business. I will do exactly what my dad does. Not knowing anything about what a business takes to be run, what it means to have a business, what all you have to do. I just didn't know any of it. I'm like, I will do what dad does. I know he takes a keys bag uh, every single morning. Uh, he takes that bag and he goes to shop and he comes back. I'm like, I want that life. That's exactly what I want. Right. So um, it's always been a dream. Uh, being an entrepreneur is just. kind of life that I've seen for myself. So I knew it was going to happen. I just didn't know how it was going. Um, During the pandemic, we played a bunch of board games. So actually on one of Avikan's birthdays during the pandemic, I got him 24 board games, one for every hour of the day. And we spent the entire day just playing board games. We'd pick a game We'd learn how to play it, play it for that hour, and then I'd have a new board game for him. Oh my gosh. Because it was the pandemic. We couldn't go out anywhere. I knew he loved this. So I'm like, okay, this would be a perfect day for him. So That's what we did. Um, and yeah, when the pandemic started to open a little bit, we enjoyed having friends over. We started hosting board game nights for them. We also did like a murder mystery night. So we gave everybody characters. We we're like, hey, a murder is going to happen in the house. So we figured we really liked hosting people, teaching them games and all. Um we went to a Catan tournament one of the days, and I was like, hey, you know, it was a small cute cafe. They were playing Catan. I'm like, this is fantastic. Why couldn't we do this for ourselves? Right? We love to play games, we like to post it. Um, both Avikant and I have had a pension for food, uh, for like cooking or presenting food. I'm like, yeah, I think it, it like it all falls into place with this. So let's let's just do that. Um, that's how the idea actually started. Um Roped in my brother as well. He's like, okay, we'll do that. Sounds good. I think it's also all of the pent-up energy from the pandemic. Like, yeah, we can do whatever. The world has opened up now. So we we were at it. And it's not the first time we had an idea. We've had multiple crazy ideas. But we kept at it, I think. That was uh, what was the change um, this time. Um, pushed my dad into giving me a space in his building. I'm like, I'm going to pay you rent. I don't care. I'm going to start paying right away. You have to give me a place and it took a little bit of convincing because obviously he doesn't necessarily play board games he's like what is this random idea I've come up with there's so many cafes not, we're not going to happen it took a little bit of convincing to be able to like push him push my parents as well and I we're like okay we'll put in all of the money that we have we'll do this so completely bootstrap the whole thing put all of our savings in it we did multiple jobs during the time just so that we'll be able to pay off all of the vendors um, to be able to get the cafe it took us about eight months to get the cafe running in this eight
0: months uh, and i want to get to post the eight months in the yeah. eight months like i i saw you in a sense through those eight months right and i i know how that passion transcended were you scared a bit? or
1: not Absolutely. at all you i was all the time scared right um, I knew a life where in the first of the month, I would get a salary. I knew what the salary was. And then I was going into a life where the first of the month, I had to pay a salary to people without knowing how much money was coming into my home. And like I said, I already bootstrapped. We put all of the money that we had into getting the cafe up and running, which meant we started from zero when the cafe started. I was like, okay, if this doesn't work, then we are done. We have nowhere to go. How will we pay off the people that we are going to hire? I was extremely scared, didn't know if it was going to work. Also, um, none of the people that we know in our first circle ever have like a food and beverage uh, outlet, right? So we were venturing into a completely new um, kind of field. We didn't know anything. I didn't know how to even cost food. So on the day of our opening, we were sitting with an Excel sheet. We were like, this is the price that we're going to put for our food. Just randomly, we didn't know how to do this. We didn't know what was the cost of the food. We're like, okay, this is what we're going to think is going to work and just we put the prices. So it was, yeah, it was that.
0: No, you know, almost I... I, Your fear sounds exciting more than scary. Uh, But I guess it's because you wanted this so badly. But uh, I want to talk, and this is also to keep things real, right? One is this passion you understand the stakes. You're scared because, hey, this has to succeed. You've put in all your money. So that's that's where it is. But what are the actual day-to-day challenges that you experienced in this? We'll talk about once the cafe was launched, but while you were launching, setting up shop
1: in a sense. Again, like just figuring out the entire uh premise of setting up a cafe was so when we started and when i say eight months it's not eight months that it took for construction it's the eight months that when we didn't have a business plan we just had like a random idea where this is a great idea this is going to work we have no idea how it's going to work right so just like creating a business plan just understanding hey you know how much money should come how much money is going to go out is is this a viable thing is it going to be feasible all of those things as well Uh, we took about good one one and a half month every night after our jobs we used to sit at home have like long stretch conversations try to listen to people who have been in the place uh, who have done some things we we had like at least 50 conversations with different kind of food consultants just to understand what the market was like if there was like a scope for anything like this what kind of food would sell what kind of food can you store for a couple of days without it going for waste every single day so those are all things that we needed to figure out Um, and day-to-day challenges were plenty, just finding the right people for the job. Per se, we're all young um, in in the scope of things or in the realm of things, and young to business. We have never done a business before. Um, It's like, at a job, it's very, I think, sorted out, laid out for you. You come into a job, somebody is there to tell you, hey, you know, you have to do four tasks this Mm -hmm. day, and your day will be done. But when I went into the day... Um, off-building, off-boarding, I had no idea what would happen in the day. I knew that there were construction workers at the cafe. Um, I knew that I needed to speak to vendors, but I never knew what the outcome of this was going to be. Just like pushing all of them. Again, it's a lot of responsibility without any authority. You're just pushing them. You're responsible for the cafe to like get done, but you have no authority over them, especially being a woman talking to like construction workers or in their mid-40s, mid-50s getting them to listen to you was like an absolute nightmare. They just wouldn't listen. And understandable.
0: And, 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 and you, sorry to interrupt there, but because you, uh, it came out naturally and I didn't want to push the gender thing. But you do think there was a difference in the way they responded to Abhikant and that's the way they di- responded to you?
1: For sure. I think farther difference was how they responded to my dad as opposed to me. I think a little bit of ageism and a little bit of sexism both play in there Mm -hmm. just when they look at us they're like young kids who don't know anything so they know that they can take us for a ride i generally i genuinely don't know what it takes to build a wall before i got the cafe done right i'm like okay so build a wall here but i don't know how to check if the wall was built right i don't know if it is correct but when my dad came in he knew what it was he got He's gotten like my house built. He's gotten like a building built. So he, he has more experience than I do. So when he's saying and when he actually knows what it takes to do it, they listen to him a lot more than they would listen to somebody. But then
0: that's not necessarily ageism and sexism. That's probably because he knew and you didn't know or you felt.
1: Um, for sure. A lot of things I didn't know. Uh, but again, people take you for a ride because they think that you know. Yeah. If I went in with like the entire thing of, hey, I know all of this, maybe it would have been a very different journey. But that's not who I am. That's not who I want to be. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: No, so um, so these were your challenges setting up.
1: Yeah. Tell me about day
0: one. You referenced it a bit. And I want to talk about, it's what now six months since now boarding has been? Four months, yeah. Four months. Yeah. So tell us about your four month old baby. Day one and then four months in a sense.
1: Um, so, I think till day one, um, it's, we were like, it's a board game place. People will come play board games. Food is secondary to this entire place. On day one, I think half an hour into service. Now I call it service. That time I was like half an hour into opening the cafe. Um, we, I figured that food was not on many tables that ordered and food was not there. I was like, oh wow, what is happening? This is not what I see when I go to a restaurant. So this should not be happening in my cafe as well. Um, and I went up to the kitchen and that's pretty much been where I live through the rest of my four months. Right? Um, the kitchen has become my taste, but um, day one, the half an hour that I was there, the first time I took a KOT, which was the kitchen order ticket. And I said, hey, this is the order that we have to make. I think that changed my life forever. Um And it's just like I've grown up watching MasterChef Um, and I've seen all of these chefs when they're doing like a pass um, they're reading out the KOT they're like I need this to get done in two minutes I need that to get done in two minutes and every time I watch MasterChef I'm like why is he saying that you know it's not that easy how will they cook in two minutes and I was there doing the exact same thing I was like oh my god what am I doing I'm doing exactly what I said I shouldn't be doing but It just needed to be done, right? People needed to be fed. They needed to eat. They needed to leave. I needed my tables to get cleared. I needed more people to sit down. Um, Yeah, so I didn't ever imagine that I would be doing that. All I imagined before setting up the cafe is that there are going to be 200 plus board games here. I need to learn at least 50 of them so that I will table it to people and teach them how to play. That was my entire job description before I set up the cafe. Wow. Once I set up the cafe, my whole job change. I was like, oh, I am now in charge of running the kitchen. This is what I have to do. Yeah, so I think that was day one, and it was so exhilarating. I can't tell you. When we closed the cafe, and when we said, oh, these were all of the orders that we have served today, these were all the people that we fed, and this was the fact that we got. It was was fantastic.
0: What are your current challenges? It's still early days, I understand, Uh, but what are... There were challenges setting up a business. Uh, you bootstrap. You put it all in. Um, and then you have your cafe. It's real. What yeah. are the challenges of a real project, Passion
1: versus the idea? There's so many. I don't know where to start from. But yeah, I think being in a hospitality industry, it's very, very important how people perceive us. All it takes is going to be 10 bad reviews, bad feedbacks for us to like not be on the face of the planet and, and that's all it would take. So just having this genuine, but also intentional conversation with all the customers that walk into the capital, it's tiring, it's very, very draining, exhausting. Right? You really want to know them, you want to understand why they came to the cafe, how you could like help them better. But it's all, it also has to be intentional. You really want to know what the feedback they have for you. If that feedback is coming from a good place, what you have to take in, what you don't have to take in, um, things like that. So I think that is one of the biggest challenges that we have, especially because we're a small team. It's pretty much me, Avikan, and some days my brother joins in. So for three of us to have conversations with about 200 people on an everyday basis is so hard. And sometimes you get muddled, right? Like you don't know what who said. Um, Apart from that, I think, at this moment, I have about seven staff at the cafe, Um, all male staff, unfortunately, or fortunately, you know, that's how the hospitality sector works at this point. So when you put seven men in a room, there's bound to be innumerable amount of ego clashes. And I have to deal with this every single day. So every day, almost for the last two months, they've had fights. They're like, hey, he's not listening to me about this. He's not listening to me about this. So I've had to sit people down. I've had to do like a 360 degree conversation with them. I'm like, hey, this is what is coming out to me. So what do you think is happening? And all of this is new for them, right? It's not like I'm talking to my fellows. My fellows who have been trained to like listen to these. Yeah. These people are just like absolutely new. They're like, what is she saying? Why is she saying? We are having a fight. We just want to fight it out. But I can't let them keep fighting in the cafe. So... Yeah, I think managing the staff is really, really difficult. Um, A lot of the times I see how my manager would have felt when I did a certain certain thing in a certain way, right? Now I'm on the other side of the line. Um, I do want to be firm, but I don't want to come come across as strict or uncaring. So drawing that boundary, drawing that line, um, to be able to make them feel like they are cared for, they're actually valued, but they also don't take me for granted is again very difficult. Um, Yeah, but otherwise, at this moment, I can say that we have a lot of things sorted. In the first month, it wasn't necessarily true. We didn't have vendors for a lot of things. Um, It was us running to supermarkets to even buy like a kg of rice. We did all of that through the first month because we didn't have any vendors in place. We didn't know who to go, where to get things from. So we did multiple trips to Metro, multiple trips to DMART on like a weekly basis without knowing how much we needed. So in the middle of the service, 10-year times, we have ran out of meat, we have ran out of honey, and we're sweet, uh, Instamarting all of this. We're like wow. ordering We need this. We need to be able to make a milkshake, but we don't have milk. I'm like, mart, can you reach here? So all of that used to happen. But yeah, I think now we are in, in a much better place. We are able to predict how much the sale is going to be the next day, how much ingredients we need for it. All of those were learnings, definitely.
0: Um, uh, you know, before we talk about now what, what now you've got the first baby out, uh, you spoke about really understanding your customer, the people who come in and really make your now boarding a success. Was there anything significant uh, from the feedback they shared that you changed?
1: Huh. So our price point was a little bit jarring for a lot of people. People weren't used to paying for games. They're like, hey, why can't you just give us the games for free? Well, like, we're just not like giving the games. We're giving you our time, we're giving you a service. We have to tell you that, you know, we will stand here. We spend a lot of time to be able to teach you to play. So I think we started off pricing the board games a lot higher than we currently have. So we listened to people. We said, this is not what they want to pay for. Maybe at a later stage. When they do know that, you know, they have to pay for board games, we will be able to change it back. And to the, the joy person. and the
0: experience. Because it's not just about the food. It's, it's the experience you're creating that no other cafe offers, at
1: least. Absolutely. And like I said, our ideas were centered around board games. But people kind of perceived it as a place where food was available and games were on the side. So we're like, okay, we'll listen to that as well. while we want to keep at it where we want to build a community of board gamers who will continuously visit the place, play like a bunch of different board games. We cannot sustain ourselves just because of that community. Right? We have to like look at people who will come here to eat and then play games on the side. So we listened to all of that. We expanded our menu a lot more uh, post the feedback that we got. So we started off with a 25-dish menu. We're currently at a 50-dish menu. Um, so we expanded our menu. We've been very, very strong and stringent about the quality of our food. If there is a single plate that I'm not happy about, we don't serve it. We make it again, we serve it. Um, and we also changed the price point of the board games. We've offered a lot more discounts on it, a lot more. Has uh, that
0: made a shift, Swikriti? Are people now willing to p- play board games
1: more? Absolutely. I think there was an entry barrier. Hmm. It's a new thing, right? You don't know why you're paying for it. You can play Uno at home. So why should you play pay for Uno and play it at the cafe? Because when they come in, they see all of these games. A lot of people don't even know their games. They think they're books, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's how nascent the market here is. There are more mature markets. There's markets in Chennai, there's markets in Mumbai, where a lot more board game cafes are actually there. And so they have like a more mature clientele that comes in. We don't have that in Bangalore as well, especially in South Bangalore, where mm-hmm. are now board this. Um, maybe in Khor Mangala, Indra Nagar, the market would have been very different and we wouldn't have to do this. But where we are, that was the entry barrier to a lot of them. So when we started offering these discounts, actually in the first two weeks, we said, you're here, we don't want you to leave. Play a game for free. It's on the house. We will teach you, we'll help you play. After that, if you like, you can pay for the game. So we did a lot of that. And a lot of those people actually come back. They come back and tell us, hey, we didn't understand at that point of time. But I see it. I see how much effort that goes in it. I see how much effort you guys put in to learn the game, to be able to teach us in a way that, you know, we are able to play it in five minutes of you explaining it, as opposed to like having to spend 45 minutes to read the booklet and then play a game, which is where we would have lost the plot. We wouldn't have ever gotten to play it. Yeah, so that's made a huge difference. That's
0: lovely, right? When you see that shift actually happening. Um, But I want to, uh, you know, we spoke about challenges. We spoke about passion. I want to leave this conversation with two things. One is tell me the most positive uh, and inspiring feedback. where you motivating feedback that you've had? And then perhaps a little bit of what now?
1: I think a lot of... Really heartwarming feedback comes from any table that really enjoys their view. Um, one specific instance that I get to mind is a group of eight people. Uh, it's a family. So I think, you know, four adults, like older people, 50 plus and four youngsters um, came into the cafe, sat for, they started off saying that they would play only for half an hour and they didn't order any food. Um, and they sat for three hours at the cafe playing multiple different games and it's generally really hard to be able to cater to a group that has so much uh, variance in age. It's very easy if you know you're a college crowd coming in or if you're an older group coming in but when you have this variance it's very hard Um, and I spent most part of these three hours with them teaching them different games and when they left they said it's the best evening they had and they saw the amount of effort that we put in just to be able to teach them the game they're like I don't think there's any other place could do this um I didn't even know that all of you own the cafe you didn't look like that I'm like yeah that's great that's exactly how we want you to perceive it we don't want to come across as people who own the cafe or anything we are here to provide you a service and we only want you to go back happy about it um so yeah that was really really nice so to be able to convert them from you know people who would want to play only for half an hour to people who play for three hours was fantastic. And those are one of our most frequent repeat customers. They've come back almost every week since we have begun. Wow. That. So yeah, I think that was really, really cool.
0: And now what for now now
1: boarding? Um, I see now boarding as two parts actually. Now boarding an entity and now boarding cafe, a cafe, right? For the cafe. Obviously, I want to multiply the cafe, put it in different locations. We have had people come in from Whitefield, Madhya, saying, hey, you know, they don't have something like that there and they would love it uh, if there was a cafe like this." So just the ability to be able to multiply this in different locations is very true, very possible. So we definitely want to do that at some point of time when we know what... An year into running a cafe looks like and we'll be able to do that. That's when we would like to do that. But for now, building the entity, like I said, this entire thing started off because we loved playing games with children. So we do want to create a curriculum around board games. Um, children are just playing board games, but they're actually learning a lot of stuff. That's, that's the entire idea of the curriculum. We're working with Christ University to be able to do that. We start off with college kids, because more palatable. And then we see how we do that with school kids. We would also think there is a corporate angle to this somewhere. Uh, Do this for team building events, corporate retreats, those all that. Those are big plans.
0: Krikriti, more power to you. It's lovely to see passion come alive. Thank you for sharing so
1: freely and openly. Thank you so much, Sandhya. It was really, really nice talking to you.
0: Thank you for joining us on Owning It. With every conversation with women who are taking control of their narrative, and constantly inspired. Don't forget to tune into the next conversation with yet another woman choosing her own path and owning it.